0: Welcome to the latest Rio Grande Guardian podcast. My name's Steve Taylor. I'm the editor and co-founder of the Rio Grande Guardian. And recently, I had the pleasure of a sit-down interview with Scott Nickel. Scott is co-chair of the Sierra Club Rio Grande Valley's Borderlands team. We met up to talk about border levee walls, which are in the news right now, and border walls generally. Regarding the levee walls, they're in the news right now because. Uh, Westlake City officials recently revealed to the Rio Grande Guardian that they missed out on 4.9 million dollars in funding that should have gone to repair their city's drainage system. Instead, the money the money went to fix the federal levies in Hidalgo County. I say federal levies because the levies are supposed to be fixed by the federal government. However, in this case, as Scott tells us, Hidalgo County commissioners. Court spent $50 million of drainage funds on fixing the levees. This happened about 10 years ago. County commissioners hoped to get reimbursed by the federal government, but it never happened. Anyway, here's Scott Nickel, our, our interview with Scott, and he's talking about border levee walls. Um,
1: with the levee border wall scheme in particular, that, if you look back at the time period, that was basically an attempt by uh, the county to tap what they thought was going to be free federal money. Um, they hoped that they could get the federal government to pay for levy repairs uh, that needed to be done in some places. The, the exact locations for the border walls and the levies that needed to be repaired didn't line up. The, the levies that got turned into border walls uh, were based on what Customs and Border Protection wanted to do and in some cl- cases that overlapped and in some cases it didn't. but. The, I think the idea from the county commissioners was, we'll get these levee upgrades and they'll be paid for by the federal government. The problem was that the cost of a levee border wall was significantly more than the cost of a bollard wall, the kind of thing that you see in Cameron County where you have steel posts that are north of the levee. Carving open the levee, putting in a concrete slab averaged around 12 million a mile, whereas the bollard walls in in Cameron County averaged around 7 million a mile. So Customs and Border Protection said, first they said that this would be useless for them. They you know they issued a draft environmental impact statement, they said levy border wall uh, is a dumb idea, it's not going to you know, serve our purposes so we're not even going to waste our time looking at it. Um, then I think due to political pressure they flipped on that and they said fine, we'll do the levy border wall scheme, but we're not paying the difference. And so that's when uh, the county and the drainage district said, "Okay, well, we will pony up the money to do this." Cameron County didn't have that money on hand. Hidalgo had it because they had recently done a hundred million dollar bond. Um, so ultimately, according to Hidalgo County Drainage District Number One uh, paperwork that I got through an open records request, uh, the the drainage district spent seventy nine million nine hundred twenty three thousand five hundred seven dollars out of that hundred million dollar bond.
0: Can you just repeat those numbers again? Sure. How S- much?
1: According to the, according to their paperwork, the drainage district's paperwork, $79,923,507 out of a hundred uh, million dollar bond were spent on turning existing levees into levee border
0: walls. So that was a big chunk, a huge chunk of the money that was supposed to go for drainage was spent fixing the levee walls and that was not the county's responsibility.
1: Right, and, and um, you know there was a press conference uh, that Secretary Chertoff and Senator Cornyn and uh, J.D. Salinas spoke at it and they all called it a win-win situation. Um, and it was striking because you had uh, Homeland Security Secretary saying, this is a border wall. And you had J.D. Salinas saying, this is a flood control measure, this is not a border wall, we're not in the border wall business. So you know, I guess they just played semantic games uh, and Customs and Border Protection got their got their wall.
0: Has it ever been reported just how big a figure that is? Uh, just what what a great percentage of that $100, $100 million bond issue was actually spent on the levies and not spent on drainage? That to me, it looks like you're creating some news here today by, by giving giving us this open records request information uh, as to and showing us just how high a figure that is.
1: There were news reports at the time that had much lower numbers in the forty to fifty million dollar range. Um, the document that I have goes through two thousand ten, and those reports were from two thousand eight. Uh, so, you know, they may have been accurate for the time, and the money just hadn't all been spent yet. But this is what the drainage district says now: uh, they spent on levy border walls.
0: Have you were you able to um, work out how it all happened? It, was it the case that so the government has some money to build the border walls? But uh, there's going to be some, the levies are going to be improved at the same time, uh, and they needed to be improved. Nobody d- disputes that, I don't think. And so the money is then uh, put into um, a bank account controlled by the drainage district and the county, and then they uh, hire uh, firms to build the wall, the levy-wall combo, le- levy
1: combo. That's my understanding. I, I didn't get uh, any documentation that spelled out the way that the money was moved around, but that's, that's my understanding of how
0: it, how it happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, so nobody, like I said earlier, no one really disputes the need for those levies to be fixed. If they hadn't been fixed, FEMA would not have, they couldn't have been certified, and FEMA would have said that, you know, large swathes of an Hidalgo County, you're in a flood zone, uh, tremendous economic impact there, with businesses and residents having to buy flood insurance. Some businesses would have gone out of business, some people would have Probably lost their homes; they couldn't afford the flood insurance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there was a dire need for those levies to be fixed. Agreed?
1: Yes, and, and you know it's also important to remember then that the the levy border walls didn't cover all of the levies. You know they didn't, and they didn't impact any of the levies in Cameron County. And when uh, President Obama was elected, he uh, pushed through the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act fund uh, bill. Which provided money that repaired all the rest of those levees. So, whereas the places where levee border walls were built, Hidalgo County Drainage District kicked in, you know, nearly 80 million dollars. For all the rest of, of uh, the Rio Grande Valley's levees, those were built with federal funds.
0: I remember at the time we covered um, there was a press conference where an MOU, a memorandum of understanding, was signed by the county and International Boundary Water Commission. The late Carlos Marine was the uh, U.S commissioner for the IBWC then and there was the media the public was told that although the county spending all this money on the levies uh, the, the, the county would get reimbursed by the federal government from your um, analysis and your your research what have we learned since that day did, did the county ever get any money back from the federal government?
1: Not that I'm aware of. I know that uh, Senator Hornan promised that he would get reimbursement for the county. Uh, he introduced a bill a couple of times in the Senate uh, it, it did not get any co-sponsors, it did not go anywhere, and it was never passed. So uh, I don't believe the county ever received any money back.
0: And I remember when uh, Ramon Garcia came in as county judge, replacing J.D. Salinas, he made a big effort and said, "This, the, the county's got to be reimbursed for this. This is clearly a federal government's responsibility to fix these federally operated levies. And he tried as well, but uh, nobody had any success in getting the government to re, reimburse the county.
1: Right, I think from the, the federal government's perspective, the money's already spent, why should they kick in their money? They would they would pay for something that hadn't been done yet to try to make it happen, but if it's already happened, why should they pay for it?
0: And so now we come up to today, and we fast forward from those eight to 10 years ago to today, we have this very serious flooding situation in Westlaco, and city manager Mike Pettis explains again, and perhaps a lot of people I didn't realize this that there was supposed to be drainage funds uh, funds to fix the Westaco drainage situation the uh, the drainage situation in the Delta region as well and that money didn't come through back then he put a figure on it this week for for the first time for the media I think 4.9 million dollars should have gone to Westaco it didn't happen and now the county doesn't have any money according to to um, uh, the city manager but Westaco is talking to the county To say, the county commissioner, but in particular David Fuentes, um, about making sure Westlake gets some money back, gets gets enough money to fix a very serious drainage issue.
1: I mean, I think that that's should get that. You know, voters approved that hundred million dollar bond. That money didn't just come out of thin air. You know, taxpayers are paying for that, and with interest. And so, you know. I think it's manifestly unfair that Westlaco taxpayers voted for a bond that should have helped them with their drainage issues the money was spent on something else
0: and uh, we should probably point out 4.9 million dollars it seems a lot of money to a lot of of people and it is it isn't necessarily enough to fix the entire issue Um, uh, city manager Pérez was telling us that before he took office and before the current mayor uh, David Suarez took office, there was a study about four or five years ago that said Westlake because so much of Westlaco is in the floodplain; it would cost about a billion dollars, so 4.9 isn't going to make much of a dent there but he made the point that those um, t- the drainage that goes into the floodway, if, that, if, just, if those could just be fixed which is probably two million dollars each, uh, plus the engineering costs, if they could be fixed uh, then then the water would have somewhere to go, and uh, that would be, that's the first place to start. And so, uh, to bring things up to speed, up to date, David Fuentes, the county commissioner, is now talking about a $50 million bond issue. It seems like we have to do it all again. The county has to go out for another bond issue to, to fix this county's drainage problems, just like they were going to do on, uh, 10 years ago.
1: Right, at the same time as paying off the interest on the earlier bond.
0: Yeah. So that's that issue, and I wanted to, to get the to to develop that story because it's such a hot issue this week. Um, and and anybody that attended that uh, town hall meeting, that flood forum um, on Wednesday evening, would be aware just just how passionate the the people of Westbury are, uh, because so many of them lost lost their belongings in some cases, lost their entire house.
1: Yes, I mean I think you know it, it's very disheartening, I guess is a nice way to put it. Uh, when funds are used for things that aren't particularly useful, you know, um, it, the levee border walls that were built were not designed to be levees. The levees were designed to be levees. The levee border walls were designed to be border walls. Um, if you go out right now to uh, the levee border wall, just to the to the west of the Donna Port of Entry, or to the one that's behind the Hidalgo Pump House World Birding Center, they're riddled with cracks. You know they have uh, metal drains at the bottoms of the of the levee that have uh, kind of a flapper that's supposed to allow water to drain out but not go back in. Those flappers are broken off. Those are big metal flappers. They must have hit them with a tractor. You know they're, they. I'm not an engineer. I don't want to say that they are dangerous. I don't know if they are or not. They appear to be in a poor state of repair. Um, and so, you know, it. I think it's also disheartening that. All of this money was spent in a way that wasn't really targeted towards uh, flood protection. Um, and then those uh, walls that were put into our levees do not appear, at least visually, to be maintained well.
0: You're obviously um, a representative for one of the leaders of the Sierra Club. And by the way, uh, we're speaking today with Scott Nickel, co-chair of the Sierra Club's Borderlands team, uh, you care about the environment. How were the animals and critters, etc., looked after in this levee wall combo? Um, is is there an next escape route if if they, if if we do get floods again or or the river bursts its bank?
1: Oh, the, the levee wall is is the worst possible design for terrestrial animals. Um, the if you have the bollard wall, you know the basically steel posts that are in Cameron County. Um, you have 4-inch wide gaps between the posts, so at least a snake or something small can, can squeeze through that. It's not going to be big enough for an ocelot. Uh, they put into that uh, type of wall what they call cat holes, which are the size of a sheet of printer paper. Um, an ocelot can't squeeze through that either, but at least it, li- it allows slightly larger animals to get out. So if you have a flood, uh, like we had in 2010, where the water makes it all the way up to the levees. Uh, the animals can get up and over a normal levee. It's a slope on both sides. Um, and then, they can, even if they can't make it through the wall, uh, they can perch up on top of the levee for a while. In refuge traps uh, where the levee border walls have been installed, there's no escape. You know, if, if any animal, it doesn't matter if it's an ocelot, a field mouse, you know, a snake, whatever, no terrestrial animal can go up a sheer 18 foot tall slab of concrete. Uh, so in 2010, you had all these US Fish and Wildlife refuge tracks that were underwater for four months at a time. And you know, you're talking water that you know, at the levee is waist deep and getting deeper as you get closer to the river. Um, an animal can try to flee that rising water, but it's going to hit that wall. And US Fish and Wildlife reported after the water drained out that they found hundreds of shells of Texas tortoise. Uh, the Texas tortoise is a threatened species in the state of Texas, um, and it's not like you know slider turtles that can swim. Texas tortoises are completely terrestrial; they will drown, uh, and they did drown by the hundreds. And U.S. Fish and Wildlife reported that you know they assumed that other animals that would leave less durable remains than a tortoise shell would have also died in significant numbers. You just wouldn't find you know the carcass because it would have rotted in the water.
0: I remember at the time uh, we reported that Fish and Wildlife opposed initially opposed. The idea of the levy wall. They opposed a border wall, they opposed to levy border wall as well, but obviously um, the politics involved up in DC, these decisions to go ahead, full steam ahead with the border wall, mm-hmm. all the agencies had to fall in line and comply.
1: Yes, unfortunately, kind of in the power dynamic of DC, U.S. Fish and Wildlife is not a very powerful agency. And so when they have the Department <coughs> of Homeland Security uh, up against them, they can lodge their complaints but they can't ultimately stop anything and it's the same lodge their complaints you know if, if you were to uh, call up the US Fish and Wildlife and say I'd like to have an interview with you upon the refuges that you manage and protect they can't talk to you they literally they, these are good hardworking people who want to be able to protect
0: so let's talk about the border wall itself. Uh, leave uh, movement move on from the uh, and um, here we are ten years after the first border walls started to get built, and there's another plan by the uh, new administration in Washington. the Trump administration saying he, the president wants a big, beautiful. Um, what have you learning so far on where that wall is going to go is the funding there for it where is it going to happen it's
1: you know, already been funded by congress and then there are requests coming from the administration for even more border walls 17 congress appropriated money to put gates on all of the small gaps in the border wall so if Right now, there's a road that leads into the sanctuary, and there's an opening that's basically the width of the- opening like that. Currently, there will be a gate. The money's already been appropriated. Um, in 155 million dollars for 25 miles of new levee border wall. Um, A three mile gap at the Santa Ana National Wildlife Refuge. Uh, all of the rest of the levees in Imagine Lalamita Chapel will be behind a levee border wall. The National Butterfly Center could be behind a, ne- a, a levee. Lots of farmers. Um, the money is there, you know, so that's going to be extremely difficult. Uh, and there are events coming up. There's one coming up at the National Butterfly Center on August 12th. Um, there um, And those walls will be just as destructive as the first levy building walls were.
0: Well, they be different in um,
1: designs that were already in use before 2017. So it won't be the... those are not allowed. Um, Instead, they'll look exactly like what you see if you go behind. Those levy border walls, $196 million, was appropriated for walls in Star County last year. The most recent one to come out uh, shows a section of wall in Roma that would be about a couple of miles uh, and a section of wall that would go uh, by La Gruya um, and problem because they'd be in the floodplain you know those are places that don't have levees so they would be the same design as what you see in Cam- but where they intrude into the floodplain if you have a flood those gaps are not Turbid water, full of mud and debris, and you know parts of people's houses that would be hitting them.
0: And in Star County, uh, last time, ten years ago, they were spared. Star, Roma, Rigby. They're on, they're a target now.
1: Yes, and the reason that they were spared is because of the flooding issue, because. In it is a treaty violation for you to put anything in the the Rio Grande floodplain. And temporarily, they then sort of picked that back up, and in 2012, uh, and said, okay, we're going to now say that these walls are a problem in the floodplain,
0: is a, a binational agency you have the, the Mexican input is just as great they just don't like this is bad uh, it's there because of the top topography are they in danger? inside of the river in absolutely,
1: absolutely. Um, you know, the, the way the treaty was written. So when we have levees in Hidalgo and Cameron County, Mexico has identical levees, they're the same height. Our county. So if you build a border wall... In There's the no, no
0: levees in Mexico?
1: Yeah, down either. No levees. Uh, and so if you build any walls in the floodplain on either side, that wall will deflect water. If you imagine the border, the, the Rio Grande swelling, jumping its banks, it's spreading out in both directions. It hits that obstruction and it bounces the other way. And so, flooding in Ciudad Alamon, for example, would be far worse if there's a border wall at Roma.
0: Why? Why uh, was the decision taken to spare the Santa Ana Wildlife Refuge and not say the butterfly farm?
1: I don't know, honestly. I, mean, I don't know what the I, mean, I don't know what the back the backroom deals were. Um, but I, my guess would be that they saw the say, Santa Ana rally in January, they saw the, the rally uh, that was last August, and people in D.C. that didn't really have a good sense of the fact that we oppose all the walls down here uh, thought, oh, okay, well, they're just worried about Santa Ana, we'll spare that, and then we can wall everything off and nobody will care. I mean, that's the furthest thing from the truth, but that's, what I guess, how they thought.
0: The Rio Grande Valley depends so much on ecotourism. We have a tremendous following people from all around the world come to see the birds and the butterflies. Uh, what's, it, what's, in, what's your prediction as to what it will do for our ecotourism industry?
1: I think it would devastate it, honestly. Um, I, you know, I think that if, if somebody wants to come and they want to see birds and butterflies, um, they may be really, really into birds and butterflies, but they have a lot of options for, you know, they'll see a lot of them here, it's an amazing place to go. But if seeing those birds and butterflies means passing through a militarized zone, um, you know, having to go through a border wall that looks like a prison yard wall, they're not going to do it. They're going to say, you know, I'll go spend my money somewhere else. You know, I've only got one vacation this year. Why would I want to go there? Um, And, you know, just with the stuff that's already been funded, we're going to lose a lot of that if it's not stopped. Um, You know, I would hope that our members of Congress would stand up. I would hope you know, it was very disappointing that Representative Cuellar voted for the funding to wall off a lot of his district. You know, it, it, The Butterfly Center is in Representative Cuellar's district, and he voted for the omnibus bill that will wall that off. Senator Cornyn Cruz did as well, you know, and obviously all of us in Texas are in their districts. So it's very disappointing to see that.
0: And you are saying earlier that La Lomita Chapel will end up on the Mexican side of the border wall, and that will be lost uh, to us as a, a tourist attraction?
1: Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's unclear if there will be gates or if there will, you know, none of the maps are detailed enough to show what sort of access there will be to the backside of the wall. Um, but if we use past example as our guide, you can look at the Hidalgo Pump House World Birding Center. It was established um, basically to bring in ecotourism to the, the community of Hidalgo. And it was established in, where it is because on the other side of the levee, there's a U.S. Fish and Wildlife Refuge tract. So the whole idea was that's where the burgers are gonna go. Then they put a wall up there and they put a gate on it and they said the gate will be open during regular business hours. That gate is never open. You know, I go there all the time. If the only time I've ever seen it open is when a border patrol agent wants to drive his truck through it and then they close it again. So, you know, I would be very skeptical of assurances that we'll still have access, even if they do put a gate at La or at the Butterfly Center or anywhere else. Because, you know, the Border Patrol is going to control the gate code. They're going to decide whether it opens or not.
0: Scott Nickel, co-chair of the Sierra Club Borderlands team, is with me today. I'm so pleased, Scott, that you're talking, telling us, bringing us up to date on the border wall issue, uh, as well as the border wall-levy combo story we were speaking about earlier. Are there any other things you're working on at the Sierra Club that uh, you want to tell the uh, listeners about?
1: Well, I mean, I think it is important to not feel hopeless on this, and to to realize that we still can resist, and to realize that there are things that we should fight for. You know, until those walls are built, it's not a done deal yet. um, Customs and Border Protection, you know, wanted to build walls in Roma Rio Grande City and Los Ebenos 10 years ago. They haven't been walled off yet. It's possible if we fight hard enough that they won't be walled off. So I think it's important for people who are concerned uh, to get active, to reach out to members of Congress. Uh, to come to events like the one that's coming up at the National Butterfly Center on August 12th. Um, you know, if, if we sit back and just kind of hope that things will get better, they won't. If we, you know, work really hard, there's a possibility that they will. Um, and in addition to the stuff that's been funded, Congress is looking at the Department of Homeland Security's appropriations bill for the next fiscal year. Um, the Senate uh, Appropriations Committee has passed out of committee a Department of Homeland Security uh, appropriations bill, hasn't hit the full Senate yet, but it will very soon, that bill has enough money to wall off all of the unwalled parts of the Rio Grande Valley. So we would have a continuous border wall from Falcon Lake to Boca Chica Beach if that bill is passed. as it stands right now. Uh, The House is going to start taking up their Homeland Security funding bill next week. Um, I haven't seen a copy of it. I don't know what's in it. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if it had the same thing in it that the Senate bill has. So, you know, even if people are sitting somewhere and saying, well, you know, that's a real shame about the Butterfly Center, that's a real shame about Benson State Park, that's a you know, shame about Lalamita, um, but it's a done deal, um, there's more things that could be lost to us. We could lose all access to the river if we don't stand
0: up and fight back. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, Los Ebenos, have you had a chance to talk to the residents down there? Are they geared up for another fight?
1: I've, I have heard that they are. St- that Customs and Board Protection is still pushing to take land there. Um, I don't know uh, how they're doing on you know, uh, resistance to that. I, ho- you know, I pray for them and hope the best for them.
0: Uh, and they really would get walled off, that community.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, th- and that area, um, you know, with the plans that they had in the past, the wall would be entirely in the floodplain. It wouldn't just be in and out of it. Uh, so that could be devastating in the event of a flood.
0: Scott, thank you again for coming in and sharing your thoughts on uh, the levee wall and the wall itself. Is there anything else you'd like to say today? No, just thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, we always learn a lot when we interview you. And uh, thanks for coming by the studio. Sure. This is Scott Nickel, uh, from co-chair of the Sierra Club Borderlands team. If anyone wants to reach you, Scott, uh, give us a phone number or an email address, etc.
1: Sure, it's lrgvsierraclub at gmail.com.
0: And the website?
1: Uh, www.sierraclub.org forward slash borderlands.
0: Scott Nichol, thank you so much. As I say, thanks again for coming into the studio. Uh, for now, that's uh, this podcast finishing. Uh, Steve Taylor from the Rear Grande Guardian. Until next time, thank you so much.